Hampton Court is a palace of two parts, the magnificent red brick Tudor Palace and the equally grandiose 17th and 18th century extensions that lie beyond it. In 1514, Thomas Wolsey, chief minister and favourite of Henry VIII, set out to build the finest palace in England. The site he chose was a property belonging to the Order of St. John of Jerusalem on the banks of the Thames, and the elaborate plan of courtyards, gateways, clock towers, state apartments, and highly decorated brick chimneys would be completed in 1525. It would be the gravest error of Wolsey's life. Wolsey would enjoy his new palace only briefly. Jealous of his vaunting influence over the king and keen to exploit his failure to secure the king's divorce from Catherine of Aragon, his enemies were plotting his downfall. By 1528, he'd passed the palace to King Henry as a gift. Two years later, he was dead. Henry wasted no time in putting his own mark on Hampton Court, expanding the palace enormously to accommodate his court of a thousand, until it was the most modern, sophisticated, and magnificent palace in England. He built many of Hampton Court's most famous features, including the Royal Tennis Court, the chapel, 36,000 square feet of kitchens, and the vast Great Hall with its lofty hammer-beam roof, where the king would dine in state and receive dignitaries. The effect must have been awesome, but that was the point. Hampton Court was built to impress. New and lavishly equipped lodgings were also provided for the king's succession of wives. It was here, in 1537, that Henry's third wife, Jane Seymour, gave birth to his male heir only to die two weeks later. A decade later, Henry himself was dead. Although succeeding monarchs made an impact of sorts on Hampton Court, it was not until the late 17th century that the palace experienced the next radical phase of redevelopment. Inspired by the great Baroque palaces of the continent, William III and his wife, Mary II, who reigned jointly, appointed the great architect, Sir Christopher Wren, to remodel Hampton Court according to their own ambitious plans. The idea was to demolish Henry VIII's palace in its entirety, save for the Great Hall, and build a completely new palace which would rival that of the French king, Louis XIV at Versailles, in its scope and scale. Happily for us, lack of funds curbed their ambitions. In the event, only half of the Tudor palace was demolished, and Wren constructed a new block of state apartments with splendid facades and courtyards. Only the best of craftsmen were employed to work on Hampton Court, among them the Italian artist Antonio Verrio and the virtuoso carver Grinling Gibbons. In 1714, the Stuart dynasty came to an end with the death of Queen Anne. The succeeding Hanoverian dynasty were the last of our monarchs to put their stamp on the fabric of Hampton Court but on a much more measured scale. George III, who hated the place because of unhappy childhood associations, never set foot in Hampton Court after his accession. Much restoration work was done on the palace during Queen Victoria's reign, and in 1838 the state apartments and gardens were open to the public. Another major restoration project was required in 1986, when part of Hampton Court was damaged by a disastrous fire emanating from one of the palace's many grace-and-favour apartments. The extensive palace gardens have evolved over the centuries under the influence of many great historical figures. 
Nothing remains of the original Tudor gardens, but there is a recreation of Henry VIII's Knot Garden of 1536, dating from the 1920s. The vast parterre gardens and water features largely date from Christopher Wren's major building work carried out during the 1690s. They were undoubtedly influenced by the style of formal French gardens, such as those at the Palace of Versailles. Other features of the garden include the world-famous maize, planted around 1700, and the great vine, planted by Capability Brown, who was head gardener at Hampton Court in 1769 and said to be the largest vine in the world.